This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Josh. I mean, we're we're here talking about FPL, and this is a great space for me to get some things off of my chest because in my real life, like most of you listening, you don't have people to talk about FPL. Right. So real quick, I had a dream over the Christmas holiday about Jordan Ayu. And did you see that goal that Jordan Ayu scored where he basically did a Cruyff turn into the six-yard box yes. and then a cheeky little dink? I did see that goal. After I saw after I saw that goal, I went to bed and um, immediately went to bed after seeing that goal. It made me so tired. I had this dream <laughs> that in the following match, Jordan Ayu scored a goal by running, by dribbling the ball into the goal and running through the net. And the commentary <laughs> in my dream was going crazy, like, Jordan Ayu scores. He's run through the net. Oh, my, you've never seen anything like it. Um, and it was incredible. And I, I woke up from that dream thinking, boy, I hope wow. I live to see the day when somebody actually scores so, and runs, so subsequently runs through the net. Was it like a cutout shape of the of like a body, you know, like one of those, like a chalk outline? <laughs> yeah, it was a little more like David Copperfield. Like, how did he do that? That's incredible. <laughs> that's 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 a pretty good uh, fantasy dream. Um, by the way, this is the Always Cheating Podcast, brought to you by Untuck It, Brandon. I forgot to mention that earlier. Okay, game week twenty in the books. Kind of a weird one. Uh, almost mm-hmm. everybody went two or three deep onto their bench. Scores were okay, all things considered, but yeah. uh, kind of an unpleasant ex- like watching experience <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> even uh-huh. even you know when you would someone like Marcus Rashford who came through with nine points. I mean, you had to sweat through ninety five minutes of not particularly pleasant football, you know, in order to get there. Um, yeah. ob- obviously, you had uh, you had the the utter destruction. We have to give Brendan Rodgers credit, by the way. He did telegraph this. I mean, we, you know, we don't always believe these men. It's like the boy who cried rotation or something. You know, it's like they, you hear it, you hear it so often, you don't think it's actually going to happen. But then it was like, oh, wow, he just 
feel an entirely different 11 for this match. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I finished on, on 64 points. It sort of continues uh, a run that I've had. That's, um, that's really good. Uh, the last, um, to, to toot my own horn for a second. Um, yeah, you're, really good. You're, you're in the zone. You're in the zone right now. Yeah. And feeling it a little bit, which is a, it's a good feeling. I'm, I'm up to 85,000 overall. Um, and that is, I think I said something, I think I have like nine, nine green arrows out of the last 11 game weeks or something like that. I was 740,000 after game week nine. Uh, and, uh, so I've moved up about 800 or whatever that is, 650 spots since then. And, uh, I've been getting the captaincies, right. Um, I moved, um, I moved to, to Mane a couple of weeks ago, um, when kind of everyone was, was going solid. I think that that really helped me as well. I did captain Mane today too. Um, and so, yeah, I feel, I'm feeling good. I brought in Danny Ings this game week too. Um, so good, a good game week, but you know, even again, you know, good good final score in the end. A little bit of a green arrow this game week, but I also had to suffer through a minus one from Aurier. I mean that that Spurs. Did you watch the Spurs match, by the way? I I did. Yeah. What an awful I match. What a, <laughs> yeah, this, not a fun the Spurs match. team is they, the Spurs team is really interesting since Jose arrived. In that, it was just it's just kind of been this bubble that that has been expanding and expanding, and they're eking out these results. Uh, without any clean sheets, and they seem to just be doing it by happenstance. Yeah, and you just feel like the Spurs bubble. I don't know if it's going to burst, if it has already burst, if it actually never existed. Right. But to watch Spurs is to be completely confounded by what's going on there. I mean, I, I think Daniel Levy got what he paid for when he switched managers. At least Spurs are getting points on yeah. the table. But uh, as far as FPL con- is concerned. Yeah, I, I still have more questions than answers with Spurs. It's hard to feel good. I mean, yeah, they were a little shorthanded yesterday for sure. But, you know, that Brighton match is kind of the same way where they, they won 2-1 and it felt like it took everything they had to win that match. Uh, and I sort of felt the same way with this 2-2 draw. It took everything they had to do it. And, you know, you just don't want a, a real top seed, you know, a team where maybe you're going to have two or three fantasy assets to be working so hard just to get a draw or a win, um, it's it, right. it doesn't usually mean that the fantasy you know that, that they're a great fantasy team. Um, and I think you know having Serge Aurier, I mean that's just like a just gonna chalk that one up to a, a terrible, ill, ill-considered <laughs> decision. I mean, all the other players <laughs> I was considering, none, no one did well. I mean, it's not like there's like some secret, you know, defender out there who's just doing incredibly. It's all kind of boomer bust you know i mean i know you brought in sadibe this week too which is i i thought that was a, a creative move and um didn't work out this game week but you know maybe it will long term so why don't you talk a little bit about your team Brandon? yeah i had two transfers going into game week 20 and i dropped deli ali for james madison who was benched and also brought in sadibe for gilbert on aston villa so on the whole that was a plus point one or a, a plus <laughs> one point for me yeah. in game week 20 so i'm gonna take that as a as a win and i finished on um 56 points two above um the 54 point average which i thought was actually pretty high considering all the the grief yeah. uh with rotation <laughs> yeah and yeah i think what you were you were saying was there was no real runaway standout performer in game week 20 you think about game week 19 and it was trent alexander arnold's game week with that masterful performance yep and we didn't have that in game week 20 so i was just like scratching and clawing points wherever i could get them the bit the the good news for me in game week 20 was i have been uh, kind of suffering the last couple of weeks with Rashford and Tammy Abraham up front. And 
I tried to go really powerful with Tammy and Rashford and Vardy, and I haven't been able to turn those guys into any kind of differential. So at least I got goals from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that Rashford mat, uh, goal at, at in the 95th minute, basically the last kick of the game, I wasn't able to watch that match. So I had our friend James. I said, I know you're watching. Text me if Rashford does anything. <laughs> and I have I have occasionally gotten messages from James where it's like, Matt Ryan with a penalty save. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's trolling me. Right. Uh, he will he will totally do that. So he said, Rashford, last kick of the game. He's taking it all three bonus points. I thought he was having a laugh, but he wasn't. So that, that was actually a pretty good feeling. But um, I put the armband on Mo Salah this week. He's a player I brought in going into game week 19. And yeah, as you say, it's like as Mane goes up, Salah goes down. And, you know, I'm kind of banking on Mane going down and Salah going up at some point in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, on the on the whole, I guess I'm feeling good about my transfers. Madison for Leicester. Leicester have a pretty decent run opening yeah. up for them now. And uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling good about the Leicester triple up with Vardy Madison and uh, Sayunchu. And yes, Sidibe. We'll talk a bit about more about Everton later on in the podcast so I can get into that in, in, in yeah. a bit more detail. Yeah, it's interesting. They sort of weathered the storm. Um, <clears throat> not not particularly well, I have to say. Um, you know, they <laughs> lost away to City, lost really bad at home to Liverpool, and lost. And they, they did win away to West Ham, although it didn't really help in a fantasy uh, from a fantasy point of view. But as you said, it's like the past is the past, and now they're about to play Newcastle, Southampton, Burnley, and West Ham in their next four. I mean, it's a it's a great run of fixtures. Uh, even Chelsea in game week twenty five, I I consider a pretty good fixture as well. So. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm actually thinking about maybe bringing in a um, another uh, Lester defender, um, possibly um, an Aurier out for somebody, maybe Chilwell uh, replacement. So, so Brandon, as we move on from game week 20, that Joe guy says, are there any lessons to be learned from this game week or do we just throw it to the fires of FPL folklore? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's it's a tried and true lesson that um, we always talk about, but just making sure you have players on your bench. I mean, just to yep. point out the obvious, but um, rotation was so heavy in game week twenty. I think people were. Uh, you love to see smiles on people's faces when they get a one pointer from Jimenez <laughs> coming uh, uh, off of the bench, things like that, where people people finally actually value. One point for one point being a, yeah. a, a note for the positive. I will say it, you can almost argue the counter is true as well, because everything I, every, everything that everybody got off their bench was such utter crap that, you know, maybe you would have been better off just not having anybody on your bench because when you need them, they don't help anyway. You know, it's like one extra point. Uh, who cares? Right. I got yeah. Diego Rico off my bench for one point. I mean, mm-hmm. Sayanju is 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 a different case in that I wouldn't have wanted to play him. Uh, well, actually, no, I did start him and he yeah. just didn't play. I'm thinking yeah. of uh, his, his zero pointer against Liverpool in game week 19, but I right. take your point. Yeah. It's we're in that time of the year where all the game weeks are starting to blend together. So I, I definitely understand game week 19 and 20 in particular, they kind of feel like one massive game week. I need a break by the way. <laughs> I'm genuinely <laughs> looking forward to whatever it is, the January 3rd and 4th next weekend with no, with no premier league. I just, I, like, let's all enjoy it, folks. Like, just don't, take the FA Cup off. <laughs> just enjoy enjoy a weekend without any Premier League matches. 
Um, you'd, be Brandon, pleased, you'd be yeah. pleased to learn that while Trent was getting his hat trick of assists and his goal, I was gleefully watching Little Women in the movie theater with my family. Ooh, so I want to see that. Um, yeah. Wow. Highly wow. recommended uh, everyone out there. Check out Little Women. It's <laughs> a controversial opinion, but it's absolutely better than Star Wars. <laughs> I don't even think that's controversial, uh, although it's a weird comparison to those two films. Just a couple of quick housekeeping things, Brandon. One is that uh, a double game week has been announced. Uh, game week 24, which is just around the corner, actually. It's a late late January game week. Uh, Liverpool and West Ham will play their made-up uh, game week 18 fixture. Uh, so we will be, you know, that's, that's still a couple of game weeks away. We have, you know, game week just two days from now. Um, and so we're going to focus more on uh, the January 1st matches, the next couple of game weeks. But uh, and we have actually a question later. We're going to talk a little bit about it. But rest assured, we will talk more about the double soon. Um, in some ways, I think it's a double game week that doesn't require as much planning because I, I don't really know that you're going to want anyone from West Ham. And virtually everybody has our, you know two Liverpool players already. And so the question is, which third one do you get? Do you get another midfielder or do you get another defender? And so um, I think, you know, Hendo. it's pretty... Yeah, the maybe bring in obvious, Henderson. Josh, yeah. You get Hendo. Yeah. yeah or or Wijnaldum. Yeah. Jimmy Milner. I don't know. So uh, we're certainly going to talk about that more uh, in the game weeks to come. But uh, let's also, Brandon, say a quick thank you. We put out the call this month to our patrons and we asked people to um, sort of our pledge month. We don't try to hit up the people about Patreon too often. Uh, but in December, we thought we would um, give a little extra push. And the people have really responded uh, in a huge way. And um, I just want to say a very sincere thank you to everyone who, who supports the podcast on patreon everyone who's become a new patron this month and brandon can you thank our new patrons yeah i'll just echo those sentiments josh too everyone came through and uh a big specific thank you to our brand new producer patron anton markov at the volkswagen level we have uh, two new patrons chris connor and justin fainter at the lord sorloth tier thank you to niall mark Iyer, jonas lindstrom you're going to go far with that name, kid. Andrew <laughs> King, slightly different spelling, though, I'll, I'll note. Andrew King, Matthew Ashenden, Jonathan Smith Isaacson, and uh, one brilliant patron at the Pookie level, Nicholas Bergerman. Thank you all for your support. Uh, yep. As Brennan said, if you uh, thank you for the support. If you'd like to uh, get a bonus podcast each week, I did record a Boxing Day podcast, Brandon. Uh, not my best. I had been drinking, <laughs> watching the Boxing Day matches, but uh, we We'd do an extra podcast. nothing less, Josh. Yeah, we do an extra podcast each week, though, uh, usually uh, sober. And um, you also get access to the Slack and our private mini leagues and uh, things like that. So um, go to patreon.com slash always cheating to find out more and sign up. Brad, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get back and talk about what we've learned from the festive fixtures and how it can help us moving forward. Mm, I need some help. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Brad, we're back. And we have a lot of questions from people who are thinking about playing an early wild card or starting to get a little stressed out about where they are overall rank wise. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what we've learned from the festive fixtures and how it might help. You and I, anyone out there is listening, uh, moving forward. And I know that you're, just before we even get into the questions, I know that you're kind of feeling this way right now. And so just tell me, like, I know a lot of managers, a lot of very experienced managers are in the same position you are right now, where you're kind of like, what, like, what is going on? Like, what, like, where am I this season? I mean, you, you, I don't think you've, I think one time in all the years that, that you've been playing, you finished outside the top 100 K. Um, and you know, right now it's, it's, it just hasn't really been happening for you. So are you stressed? Are you trying to think about being different? I mean, where, where are you sort of mentally right now? 
Yeah, I would. I do think it's fair to say that I am stressed. I mean, if you look back at my um, my overall rank going back to game week 15, I, I'm basically exactly where I was at game week 15. So, you know, I, th- I think I'm just trying to think about FPL in any way I can that doesn't cause me to get frustrated because I think that is probably our biggest enemy right now is just flat frustration. Yeah. And when that frustration creeps in, the result is FPL stops being fun, watching the matches stops being fun, talking to your friends about their teams and listening to podcasts can be mm-hmm. less enjoyable. So it's like my my first primary mission is to not let that frustration creep in. And yeah. I'm I'm really also done racking my brain to try and figure out where I keep going wrong. And, um, yeah, I, I don't want to blame bad luck, but it seems like there have been a handful of 50-50 decisions that I've just yeah. gotten wrong that haven't gone my way. Yeah. And on top of that, I think um, captaincy fails have just plagued me from game mm. week two onward so i think that has has sort of been you know always lingering in the background and holding um any huge overall rank boost for me um and then the last thing that the one thing that i'm like really thinking about now and thinking about how i can improve going forward this season is just throwing the 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 hallmark idea of patience totally out the window mm-hmm. i feel like this season i have not been acting fast and going forward i feel like i need to act fast right. fast fast i need the to famous fast famous two transfers carried over like the yeah uh, yeah i yeah. i as you yeah as you're as you're fond of noting on the podcast this is like the season where i have done this more than i ever have is carrying to freeze and and just kind of hemming and hawing and I, f- I do feel like I have jumped on certain players uh, at the right time, like Jamie Vardy or even Jack Grealish. And the Jamie Vardy one definitely helped me. And like, God knows where my season would be right now if I didn't get Jamie Vardy in around uh, game week five. Yeah. So that is like, I can at least point to that as like, yeah. I still, I still have a certain caliber of FPL brain inside of my head. So yeah, I'm yeah. just I'm, I'm thinking of ways where I could just start moving faster going forward. I think that that'll make sense. I mean, I think the the one thing that I think happened for you, and I probably happened to a lot of other managers out there, which is, you know, you sort of you went all in on Man City, uh, and it turned out that the the way to go was to have at least one Liverpool midfielder, you know, and I yeah. think that that was what yeah. really hurt you for for a long stretch there, and then you sort of get you get kind of locked in because when you've got players like Raheem Sterling and Sergio Aguero, I mean, it's just, it's hard to ever let go of them because you know what they're capable of. I mean, Sterling had 20 points the first game week of the season and Aguero's had yeah. double digit returns many times this year. So I think that that was probably, if I were to point it, you know, just from, from the outside looking in, that to me is, is, is the one thing that I think, um, probably hurt you the most, you know? And so do you think that that's been one of the big surprises of the season is how, uh, the points have really dried up for Manchester city? Yeah, that's surprising. It is surprising. I mean, this isn't like a. It's not like Pep is like a. You know, like Jurgen Klopp's last season at Dortmund. This kind of happened. You know, where they sort of. I mean, obviously, Man City's still in what they're in second place, or maybe they're in third. I mean, they're you know neck and neck with with Leicester right now. Um, 
but you know, they're, you're in Klopp's last season. It was like, they just kind of tuned him out and it just wasn't working any longer. And, um, and they had won two league titles there as well, you know? And so I, you know, it seems like it must be, I mean, I, Pep is like the best manager in the world. And so it's not like, you know, it's, he's not a manager you just sack, like, like, like he's like Mark Hughes or something, but you, don't you kind of also feel like, <laughs> Great. I love that. You know, or whoever, <laughs> but don't you kind of feel like if they just like had somebody, if somebody new came in like next week, that suddenly they'd be winning games like seven nil, like it just somehow they would like, you know, because they're so talented still. I mean, the, the defensive issue yeah. has been a real problem. I think that's like that's just caught right. them out so much and probably forced them to be a little be a little funky with his rotations and and formations. And I don't know. So yeah, I but I'll be like it's kind of like a weird it's just a weird self-own there too, because you know, I mean, all they really are out now is Laporte, right? I mean, it's not like they have tons of injuries up and down that team, do they? I mean, it's it's just they support, actually have basically. a ton a ton of defenders that they can play. I mean, Garcia came in today. Yeah. Uh, and um they've they've got fullbacks. Uh, Zinchenko is now healthy again. Yeah. Uh, and Mendy is healthy again. It's really just Leroy Sané that you would point to as one of the the big missing pieces, but my right. question is uh not to veer too far from FPL, but it's clear to me uh, that this team is going to be broken up in the summer, and I, I feel like there's a 0% chance that Pep is back next season. Hmm. What happens to Kevin De Bruyne in this scenario? Is he playing at Manchester City next season? Jeez, that's a depressing thought. I mean, because it's not like you, he's not going to go to like Chelsea or something, you know? He will, he he's will already, he's leave the Premier League, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't want to think about that yet. He's, he's too, yeah. he's too, he's too great. And, um, I mean, at the time it would be right. Cause he's probably going to break the assist record this season too. Uh, he's at 14. And as we found out earlier this, uh, earlier today, uh, 20 is the record, uh, Thierry Henry. So, uh, yeah. definitely, definitely in play for him. Uh, I don't know if those 14 are all real assists. You know, sometimes a fantasy assist is not quite the same thing as yeah, a, like going down for a penalty. That's yeah, of thing. exactly. Winning a free kick. So, uh, but regardless, uh, he's going to finish on, more than 20 assists you would you would i think safely assume with what 19 game weeks to go that he or 18 Definitely. games whatever it is that he's going to score six assists or more um yeah i hope he doesn't leave but um yeah i think it's possible i mean the, the team clearly needs a shake-up uh, basically um from everybody like from the central midfield on down it feels like i mean the phil foden thing is weird too i mean i know we're like again we're like way off the fantasy track now but like why doesn't foden ever play like he's, he's apparently he's amazing and yet yeah. Like this would have been the perfect game week to play him, right? It would have made complete sense. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's a strange one. So uh, should we well, move on to some get... questions here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let's do it. Let's do it. I see the first question is from FPL Governor, and then mm-hmm. it actually speaks directly to me. He wants to know two solid captaincy blanks in a row, and my overall rank is shot to pieces. Am I living in denial by sticking with Mo over Mane? So. You have you're in the zone right now, Josh. You've been making critical decision after critical decision, and you were able to stick with Salah to the point where you got some huge differential point hauls from him over Mane, and then you knew the right time to switch from Salah to Mane. Now mm-hmm. here I am with Salah, and my thinking in bringing in Salah two weeks ago was, um, as we had discussed on the pod, he has a lower, lower ownership than Mane, and it's just sort of like a quick and easy way um, to 
get a, a slightly bigger rank increase if your if your Sala pick is outscoring Mane. Yeah. If That's they're roughly, the yeah, exactly. If they're roughly equal fantasy assets, then when in doubt, mm-hmm. go with the lower owned player. Right? That's like a classic, yeah. um, you know, strategic move. My my feel my feeling here is I can't overthink this. I mean, I understand I was just talking about I need to move fast, fast, fast. Does moving fast in this situation mean I need to be swerving between Mo and Mane? And mm-hmm. I I don't think that's the case. I think it's basically gonna be like if you go back and do a, a stats comparison between Mo and Mane over the last two game weeks, obviously Mane has surpassed Mo in stats. If mm-hmm. you go back four weeks, Sala was outpacing Mane. And this is just gonna be the way it goes all season. So I think there will be points like maybe when you play your wild card, or we're going to talk about this double game week coming up in 24. Will you have a pivot point where you can move between Liverpool midfielders? But as it is right now, I think you just have to dance with the Liverpool midfielder that you brought. Yeah. And I'm sticking with Mo Salah. It, it's a frustrating thing with him where it's like, what what is the deal with these, with his like inability to finish? You know, is it just, is it, is it form? Is it, you know, I mean, he, he contracted up the ankle before he got injured and then, but it's like, I don't know how, how does he come up with any points the last, I mean, it feels like he had just a ton of chances to, to rack up, you know, goals in particular, you know, as well as a couple of assists. He had, he had a big volley chance in the Leicester game and had some chances today. And it just feels like it's not quite clicking. And then you're like, is this, I don't know. So it's, I mean, you know, Mane, it seems like he doesn't get as many chances, but he's much, he's finishing a lot better, you know? And so, um, so it's just interesting because it's like, you know, you look at these like, you know, stat tables or whatever, and it's like Mane, you know, is is consistently below Salah in terms of like projected points and things like that. Um, But it just, Salah just doesn't seem to be like taking his chances as well. Yeah, I think you're right that Mane does he, – he's like Jamie Vardy caliber of here's my chance. I'm going right. to take it. Boom, we're in. Yeah. And Mo, it's it's like now you're at the point where whenever James Milner is subbed onto the pitch, all the air is sucked out of the room because you think <laughs> the only way Salah was, gonna, was going to score points in that Wolves match today was yeah. if – somebody won a penalty and he was able to take it because <laughs> Mane you know, was trying to help two... him. How many times did Mane fall down uh, this match? Like looking for right, a free kick right, or a right. pen. It was, yeah. So I, I think there, it, it just kind of depends on the defense. Some fullbacks have Salah's number and they just tackle the crap out of him. And I think he was pretty well marked out of the second half of that Wolves match. In the first half, he got some chances and, he just needed to take them, but yeah, just to, um, I guess just to go back to your question, yeah, I think you do just have to have to go with. I mean, I if you were in a position, or if you know, given where we are in the season too, I I feel like I've got a lot of problems and decisions to make, and it feels like a luxury. There are times during the season where everything's kind of cruising. I mean, like I don't know. I mean, I, I guess just like another way to phrase it would be like if you were wild carding this game week, would you have? Mane or Salah or both? Well, now I think it it has to be both. And we can sort of preview our double game week chat. But I think for me, the way I plan to play that double game week is to get both Mo and Mane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, given what we were saying about Manchester City, where are the premium midfielder assets that are delivering? And I think... You look back at the the last 10 seasons or so, and you're used to sort of going for this 
variety in the premium bracket. There are at least three or four great premium midfielders that you want to choose from. Yeah. And maybe we're not thinking about Sun just because he's on this red card suspension, but it's not happening anywhere else but Liverpool. So why overthink it? Why not just get both of these? And it's just like that desire to have three strikers up front that's kind of holding us back because um, yeah. because of, of the budget. If If I was limited to just one of these Liverpool midfielders, I don't know. I feel like where I am right now needing to claw back some rank, I think I still would go for Mosal and just have that belief that he's going to start delivering in the next game week. Yeah, uh, I I feel like I, I would, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of made my decision, right? Sorry, you okay? <clears throat> I'm fine, yeah, thanks. I'm sure you're fine, but I just, uh, I had to say it, right? Sort of instinctive. I didn't even yeah. think about what I was saying as I said. Um, Are you choking? Are you okay? <laughs> I care about you, Brandon. I need to make sure you're okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I made, I did make the decision to go with Mane, um, just because I, I just, his form, this entire Premier League season has just been incredible. And, and yeah, I just think his finishing is so good. And so I, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think if I were wildcarding right now, I would set up my team so that I would have both of them as it is. I don't think I will have both of them going to game eight 24. I actually think the easier way it's funny because when we start, first started talking about this, I was like, well, I think it's pretty binary. Either you bring in your other midfielder or you bring in a second defender. But I actually wonder if there's maybe a Firmino approach that would make sense. Um, okay. Yeah, where maybe – I don't know. I think he's he's a, he's a potential option. I think that um, – especially because the, the two fixtures in 24 are um, – they're both away fixtures. Right? They play a way to, whole, way to Wolves and a way to West Ham. I don't know. I'm not sure that I see two clean sheets there. And so maybe Firmino is, he's always, he's such a risky player because it seems like he's so, he's so, you know, he can have these stretches where he just blank, you know, he blanked, was it three, six game weeks in a row from game week seven to 12. But I just worry that if I set up my team to bring in, you know, both Mane and, um, and Salah, then I'm in a position where I've got like Greenwood and another 4.5 play, you know, it's like I got my whole team just for one game week and yeah, I'm just not sure that that's worth it. So, um, anyway, that's, 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 you know, food for food for thought for another podcast. Um, AJ says, uh, who are some guys no one is talking about that we should look at as the fixtures pile up and things become a little, as the fixture pile up ends, that is, uh, and things become a little more normal. Bamiang, Aguero, Paul Pogba. Well, Pogba's a no, right? <laughs> How did that know. happen? How did yeah. that po- a Pogba bandwagon just build up so ahead of steam so quickly? I just like Pogba. Th- he was clearly yeah. put in the shop window for whatever yeah. sale is happening in January. There's no yeah. way that this guy is playing after the January window <laughs> closes. I just I think uh, there's just a lot of Man United fans out there, and they were just excited to. I mean, yeah, him. I would yeah. be too. I mean, Pogba is a fantastic player, and he's, yeah. I was, I was talking guy was, with our our friend guy, Danny Bean's yeah. dad, who is a United fan, and he was saying Pogba is the midfielder that United is missing and in des- desperate need of right now. Yeah, but we cast your mind back like a month ago, and the guy's walking with a cane. You know, like so, so like clearly he's not a trustworthy, you know, fantasy asset right now. Um, Aubameyang is interesting, and that one is. I, you know, not not to like relitigate the password, but I, I know there was a moment where you were considering bombing a few game weeks ago, and yeah. he's kind of you know it's a, it's a tough fit, especially because Jamie Vardy is kind of in that bombing slot in some ways. Um, if you're thinking about your team in a, in a certain kind of way, but I mean, at some point, bombing 
has to start entering the conversation, right? I mean, I think he is now what he is the like fourth highest uh, point to yeah. you know fourth fourth. He has yeah the fourth highest point total in the season so far. He's got thirteen goals, three assists. He's basically fixture proof. Um, they've got a new manager. I I don't know if I really necessarily think they're playing better with our under Arteta. Um, I did watch their match. Um, Way to Bournemouth, and I thought they looked okay. Um, the problem is they just don't really have the uh-huh. talent. You know, it's I, I'm not even sure yeah. if it's like a, even if they work really hard, I just don't know if they have what it takes because they're just playing all these super young guys. You know, who just like they're blooding all these like you know these young players. So, I mean, if you're counting on Saka and Willock and Nelson and these other players to <laughs> you know to do anything, really, it's just it's probably not going to yeah. work. Uh, but through it all, Aubameyang just keeps, you know, keeps scoring. He does. And watching Arsenal against Chelsea, it was, it was interesting to see kind of two similar teams. I guess Chelsea has a, um, a handful more veterans in their starting 11 than, than Arsenal does, but Arsenal looked pretty, pretty good in moments during that first half. But yeah, it was the age old story of their defense is just absolutely shocking at Arsenal and Mustafi and Leno just gave that game to Chelsea. You think the potential is there, at least for them to get goals. And I do I do like that Arteta is playing Lacazette with Aubameyang. He's trying to make that work. And I, you know, it's, you could argue that that is actually a disadvantage to Aubameyang because Lacazette has to play more centrally and it pushes Aubameyang out to the left. But it doesn't seem to be having a net negative effect at this point with two goals yeah. and two. Yeah. So it's, it's one to watch, yeah. but I, I kind of do have that opinion of, yeah, Arsenal aren't playing any better. And while Aubameyang has been, uh, he's been consistent through this season with the 13 goals, are these single point hauls. Let's see, over the course of the season, he's had just three double digit returns. And at a premium price tag of 10.8, when you have yeah. players like Jimenez and Tammy Abraham and Rashford, who My boy are Danny pulling, Ings. pulling equal, and, and Danny Ings, your new best friend, <laughs> uh, it's lovely. Um, I, I'm i just not convinced that Aubameyang is worth it. I just think that Arsenal have to get to a new level before I can consider that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good way to put it. Um I will, you know, but if, if you're trying to be different, you know, I mean, um, this is, you know, I yeah. think uh, AJ said, you know, who's nobody talking about? I mean, uh, Aubameyang, we're, we're certainly talking about him as a great player, but I don't know. That it doesn't seem like he's being talked about enough as a as a as, as a as a possible difference maker in your in your team. Uh, although, as he said, I mean, is he is he quite explosive enough? I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is this is the problem with playing the catch up game is you you don't get to. You don't get to bring in Kevin De Bruyne and have him be the difference maker. You've got to gamble yeah. on some of these some of these players. You know, as you were talking, I was just sort of thinking about, you know, what is like a, what is a real way to gain ground? And you know, I, I, it feels like a formation change can be one way to, to do it. It's almost like you need to like look at your team or like or the, like look at like the whole fantasy landscape and decide like what player is going to kill you if they do super well, right? Like, like just like over, like what, what player is capable of like huge explosive returns, um, is highly owned. And, and then really just those two, right. Who's highly owned and capable of explosive returns. So if I look at, you you know, various players out there, it's, it's De Bruyne, it's Trent, it's Jamie Vardy, and maybe just those three. Saudi Amane is like borderline. And, Everyone else doesn't fit into that category. It's, you can almost ignore everybody else, right? Marcus Rashford, 
could probably ignore him, you know? I mean, yeah, he keeps doing well, but, you, you know, safely you can still get away with it. I think uh, – I don't know. Like Jimenez, the, their ownership isn't high enough. You know, just these various players. And so if all of the – you know, if all, none of those players are going to really hurt you, you know, uh, James Madison. Like if none of those players are really going to hurt you if they do well – then, then those are the players you don't, you don't have to worry about coverage with any of those players. You know, it's like just pick the biggest ones and then – because you always need a little bit of defensive, you know, like just blocking maneuvers, right? Yeah. Just make sure like you right. know, you're covered. Right. But if you do that, then don't worry about the formation. Like maybe, you know, as, soon, as long as you've got like those three players covered or, you know, whoever you decide fits in that category, then you could be really creative with everybody else because even if you miss out on, you know, uh, Jimenez – points haul or whatever it's just not going to hurt you enough um for you to feel like you need that kind of coverage and so um, i do think that's maybe one way to think about it you know in terms of uh making up ground yeah i i, I agree with everything you say I and mean, the other way to look at it is these are you're, you're mentioning players like jimenez or rashford or mane they are getting points I mean, this is kind of runs in tandem with what we were saying about Aubameyang. you can't really ignore them um, who else is getting as many points <laughs> right as yeah. as it's sort of like we're now we're starting to build the perfect team it's like okay yeah you have to have vardy you have to have trent and you have to have who was yeah. the uh, uh kevin de bruyne well right, so then like, i think you ought to have him it is i think you <laughs> yeah. ought to have uh mane i think you ought to have <clears throat> uh consider um well, right, at but, least those two, yeah. But just like if you were going to go really funky, let's say that you were just like, you know, you were going to want a card early or you just, you know, or when you were going to burn some points or whatever, and you just wanted to be bold, then like maybe one way to do it is you have like $35 million up front and you've got Harry Kane, Aubameyang, and Jamie Vardy, right? And you're just going to yeah. go for yeah. it with those. And like that yeah. is like a – like when, I feel like when people are talking about being bold sometimes, it's like, well, I'm going to bring in Traore, like, and that's my like idea of being bold, you know, it's like that, that will help you. But if you really, yeah. if you're really going to be bold, that would be one way to do it. It's just spend like all your money up front. You could still have KDB. You could still have Trent, you know, you're going to have a really cheap midfield and defense outside of those two. But, you know, there is, you know, and there, I don't know. So like, there are ways to do it, I think. Um, and Harry Kane in particular, I think is, uh, just cause he's so fixture proof and, um, you know, secretly not having a horrible, horrible season. He's got 11 goals of the season, um, you know, scored in the last two. So, um, I mean, yeah. I don't want him, but, you know, he, he is an option for sure. Yeah. I think another thing to look out for when you're looking at these um, bold moves is it, it, there is the temptation, like you were saying with Traore, somebody like Riyad Mahrez. And I think what if, if you're looking to differentiate and gain ground, I do think you're better off limiting yourself to people who you know are guaranteed to start mm -hmm. week in, week out. And yeah. that's my concern with with players, with go, with trying to get too cheeky with a player like Mahrez, um, who might not be consistent, um, but uh, he might not start. So that leads me to, I think Everton is a team that we're going to start talking more and more about especially if they, they keep on the trajectory that they're on since the yeah. last four weeks. But Richarlison is someone who he hasn't really responded to uh, the Duncan Ferguson or Ancelotti uh, manager bounce. It's been Dominic Calvert-Lewin who has responded. Yeah. That could change. I mean, Richarlison is still locked into that starting lineup. And I think that, he is someone that you can consider for for the coming weeks who could just help you um, have a bit of a rank bounce. 
Yeah. Um, I think uh, the other one, this, this will be a popular pick, but uh, yeah, Hyungman's son uh, is back in game week 22. Um, he's down to 6.2% ownership uh, and his price is wow. uh, 9, 9.8 million. So, you know, talk about a player who can get double digit returns. He already has done it four times on the season. Um, you know, if you can, if you can handle his, his, Violent outbursts. Then, uh, then it's, <laughs> perhaps it's the Joey most violent Barton. player in the entire league. <laughs> the most the smiling jackal. It's it's so bizarre. It's a uh, <laughs> he's so, like the Joker, basically. <laughs> so, Why so serious? He says to everyone. <laughs> game week twenty two when he comes back. Maybe not the best match they play Liverpool, but uh, they play Watford and Norwich in the two matches after that, um, and. I'm sure they're going to be pushed for the Champions League and, uh, you know, for next year's Champions League. And I think that um, he's going to start a ton of matches. Also, he'll also be like the most well-rested player, um, you know, among that squad. And so he'll have no excuse for, for getting rested moving forward. So, you know, again, if you're thinking about being different, I think bringing Sun back in, especially because there's like a kind of instinctive feeling that we all have, which is like after Sun like kind of screws everybody. I mean, I had him captained. That podcast, by the way, that we did the Saturday before that match is now like, it's basically like a comedy podcast. <laughs> like, it's like we both like uh, we both captained him the next day. We went on about whether he was a good captain option for game week nineteen. It was just like, ugh, it was sure. it was amazing how that worked out. Um, but some like, of the best was, improv we've done, John. <laughs> yeah, and it was just because of the timing because we were traveling the next day. But um, but yeah, I think that son. You know, there's a, like a feeling that a lot of people have where it's like it's kind of it's painful to bring someone like that right back into your team, you know, cause it's just so, um, yeah. cause he screwed you. But I think that, uh, you just have to be kind of, um, uh, not take it personally, you know, and just, and just accept that he's a great fantasy asset and that he's, um, you know, a player that, uh, you, you know, could be a real difference maker moving forward. Sure. All right. So, uh, let's move on to a question here from simple goal who, who asks if you were wildcarding now, which three forwards would you choose? So we talked about some, uh, sort of funky lineups uh, going big with Kane, Aubameyang, Vardy. Uh, mm-hmm. How? So th- this is something that we're going to have to talk more and more about as we talk about the Liverpool double game week and whether you go super premium Liverpool in your midfield that yeah. would require you to basically go two strikers up front. Yep. So you've come off of this turmoil with Lise Mousset, who you know, had subsequent benching or consecutive benchings. Right. And uh, you seem to be pretty fed up with that. Could you see a future in this season in which you go to two strikers? Um, sure. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I just don't like it. And I, I don't really know why you'd want to do that right now, uh, given how many goals you're getting out of out of the strikers right i mean danny ings isn't always like this you know i mean going into the season people were like i wish i could have field zero strikers you know (laughs) like there are there are seasons where it's it is not like this but i mean danny ings you know is a six million player i guess he's up to 6.6 million now he's got you know 12 goals in the season you know Raul jimenez is 7.5 million and he's got eight goals and six assists on the year um so I, I could see it happening, but I don't. I don't. Th- I don't see it as a great strategy. Um, the only thing that would change my mind is if Mason Greenwood, you know, if, if Rashford or Martial got injured and Mason Greenwood became a semi-regular starter, like a starter you could trust to have in your team, um, then maybe I would consider it. But otherwise, I feel like the second I go away from three, three, you know, strikers, I'm trying to get back to it, and maybe that's just a 
uh, personal style thinkers. But could you could you see yourself with two strikers? Yeah, me too. I mean, I def- definitely if if my midfield called for it, I wouldn't have a huge issue going for two strikers. Um, but yeah, I I kind of agree with you. I just think there is so much there's so much choice at various different budget options up front right now. Where yeah, I mean, I like there's three. so. I, I agree. I mean, I wish I could field like four or five. I mean, I, I don't have Rashford in my team right now. And even someone like Timo Pukki is, uh, you know, we're not even talking about him, right? But he's got nine goals in the season as well. You know, so there's lots of uh, lots of interesting uh, options up front. Uh, but yeah, if I were to pick just three, um, I'd actually probably go with the three that I have right now. Uh, I have Vardy, Jimenez, and Ings. Um, I just brought in Anthony Martial. If I hadn't done that, I guess um, for my own team, I would probably, you know, I, I probably put uh, Marcus Rashford in there. I think he's a great option too. It just it doesn't quite fit the, my team structure, um, but uh, yeah, I like him a lot as well. And yeah, but I, I'll stick with the I'll stick with the three that I have right now. I mean, him and as a particular. Now that he's got his rest, I think it's uh, um, a player that I just really um, he's just an incredible player. I mean, the that um, that Wolves Man City match was incredible because I spent the first half of it in a complete VAR induced rage coma. Like I just, I was just sitting on my couch, just feeling like, okay, this is it. Like there's no, like the sport is done until they fix this. Um, and then the second half was so, cause it was just like, it was like the crowd was taken out of it, you know, like everyone was shell shocked. It was just, it wasn't football, you know, it was just like these gremlins just kept coming in and taking over the match and it was just awful. And so, um, and then the second half was so thrilling, you know, when, uh, you know, Man City get the second goal and then Wolves claw back and score three and that late goal from Matt, Matt Doherty. And it was just incredible. It was so exciting and so thrilling. And, you know, it helped that I had him and as my team, but even if I didn't, it was just such a fun, interesting match. And so, um, in the second half anyway, um, and so what is my point? My point is just that Rolo Hunez is incredible. And uh, so is Traore for that matter. Yeah. 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 Traore continues to be the dopest guy in the entire Premier League. There's no question about that. But yeah, I, I agree on Jimenez. I think that he's bordering on essential at this point. And hmm. it's it's one of those wonderful stories of it's, it's rare you see a player like at that rung where Jimenez is, where he continues his form from yep. one season to the next. It's like... I mean, it's Clint Dempsey-esque, Josh, <laughs> I think is what it is. He's just so complete, you know. He can really he really pass as well now, too. And his positioning seems – I mean, to the extent that I even, like, know how to gauge good positioning, it seems like his positioning is is incredible, too. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got eight goals and six assists in the season. I mean, you know, he's actually – he's at his starting price on the season, $7.5 million. His ownership is under 20%. Uh, he's probably going to finish on something like – I don't know, 14 goals and 10 assists or something like that. I mean, it's an incredible return for a 7.5 million player. So I think I'm with you. I think he is borderline essential too. And uh, um, yeah. yeah. And I then, just further, yeah. further to what you were saying about, about him and as I was thinking about him in relation to Tammy Abraham and how Tammy, he's had a decent season, but he gets into the box and he basically posts up. And mm-hmm. he gets the ball uh, into a shooting position. And Jimenez, he's just a more well-rounded – that that sounds a bit basic. But basically, Jimenez receives the ball, and then he has so many different things that he can do with it. And I think it helps that Jimenez is much more mobile with the ball yeah. than somebody like Tammy Abraham. You get Jimenez the ball, and he can dribble, pass, and shoot. Uh, and – and you see other strikers like him that are only really able to either 
shoot or lay off. Yep. And I just really respect how Jimenez is, has that vision. He has the mobility and he can play. He can play an actual pass as opposed to just like a Giroux esque backboard layoff. Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. Um, I, is even like for like year over year, it feels like he's, he's improved a lot. You know, it feels like, uh, uh maybe just cause he's been with the, with the players longer. And I think Tammy could get there, but I, you know, Jimenez is like 20, he's like in the perfect age for a striker, you know, where he's still, is is super experienced, but, but young enough that he still has kind of, still has his legs, you know, and all that stuff. So, uh, all right, so um, yeah, as Sharklar asked if it was time to talk about Troyere, um, yeah, let's talk about him. I mean, he's he's awesome. Um, I want him. <laughs> I want him in my team. He's great. Um, is there anything more to say? I mean, it's, I'm 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 completely convinced. Yeah, classic fantasy asset where um, he's good enough that where you want him on your team, and he's cool enough that you actually feel excited. Uh, yeah. to have him to watch him and when he returns it's all the more sweet so yeah i can i can't it's it's like discovering um a delicious cookie at a new bakery and you tell <laughs> all your friends like, go try this cookie it's really good you won't regret yeah. it yeah so uh, you heard it here first triori is like a cookie yeah he figured it out it's awesome uh all right let's take uh, let's take one more question brandon let's take a break uh a couple questions about Chelsea, whether they're a classic good, bad team. Uh, Josh Morden said, for players who jumped off the Chelsea bandwagon a while ago, is it time to look back at the great value assets there? And then Benno says, uh, Brandon, will you hold Abraham or will you look elsewhere? And you talked about Tammy a little bit already, <laughs> but are you – the Abraham to Jimenez move, is that one you're considering now? Is that on the table? possible move yeah i think it's almost a dead certainty that that's the one i make move, moving into game week 21 i mean uh, you know you mentioned that him and has had his rest on top of the fact that he's in great form um and watford have this great or, or wolves have this i mean let's call it a decent away fixture to watford well, watford mm-hmm. look a little bit a rejuvenated yeah. under nigel pearson but um you really do have to like Jimenez in that match and Jimenez definitely fixture proofed. So yeah, I, I think Tammy it's, it's like what I was saying about Spurs at the start of the podcast. Like, so the bubble is kind of burst there and it's like, okay, it's a combination of what I was saying about Spurs and what you were saying, Josh, about sort of covering yourself with these inessential players and Chelsea have, like rapidly moved from an essential value FPL team to a, you just don't have to worry about these guys. Yeah. Tammy yep. and Mount and, and the like, they'll probably continue to tick along, but in such a, like a low dose way that I'm not afraid. And I, I'm, I'm ready to move on. Yeah. And I think, uh, and again, I mean, it, you know, it's actually, it's, it's moving from Tammy to, to uh, Jimenez. I mean, it's a, He's, he's about half his owned um, as as Tammy, and uh, uh, he's also a little bit cheaper than Tammy is as well. So it's uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to recommend that move. It's just Chelsea is a team that's young and still figuring itself out. Um, I'm avoiding that whole team as well. I don't, uh, I just don't trust them to be consistent. I mean, I, I you know Tammy, you know, twelve goals and three assists in the season, great great year for Tammy. Just scored this last game week, but. Um, just every game week you're looking at the team sheet you don't know who's going to start um it seems like there's like a new handful of defenders that seem to be playing every match you know it just it feels like kind of a mess right now and so um i mean they just want to wait at arsenal you know so congrats to them but i'm not sure i'm not sure what that says about them because arsenal are kind of in the same boat so all right let's take a quick break uh we have a short lighting round to come and we're going to talk after that about game week 21 
Josh, while I was home visiting my parents, I had this discussion about uh, making the bed. And are you a person who tucks the sheets into the foot of the bed, or are you one who untucks the sheets so that your feet can sort of very much an untucker, very much so. So you're so I've got a deal for you, Josh. This is totally unrehearsed. So if you're an untucker in bed and you're trying to move into the untucked lifestyle, sort of beyond the bedroom, check out the Untuck It shirt. I mean, have you ever seen? an untucked button down typically they look really bad now why is that it's because they typically aren't meant to be worn that way they're long they've got like the long tails and Mm -hmm. it just looks ill-fitting so that's where untuck it comes in untuck it is the original button down shirt that is actually designed to be worn untucked you and i we both got untuck it shirts from the people at untuck it and it's not like this is a shirt that's designed for sloppy men no it actually fits really well all over your upper body and you yes, look but not really a slim smart. fit which i don't like so yeah yeah exactly yeah. you're not gonna you're not this is not like a bro fit shirt this is just like you're a normal person who goes to work and you like to look nice but you also like to be comfortable and mm-hmm. we both love our shirts yeah. so yeah like take it from us untucked shirts look great on tall short slim athletic guys of all ages go to untuckit.com and find your favorite untucked style or check out their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle free button down, super soft flannels, outerwear, more. Their website, it's super easy to use, and they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your exact fit. Okay, so whether you're shopping for the perfect present, you know, you're, you're doing some late Christmas shopping or, or just shopping for yourself. MLK days of, coming up soon. Yeah, lots of reasons to give the gift of shirts. Uh, uh, just try to craft a, or you're just trying to craft a smart relaxed style of your own untuck it it's definitely the way to go visit untuckit.com and use the code blue b-l-u-e for 20 percent off at checkout that's u-n-t-u-c-k-i-t.com untuckit.com and the promo code blue for 20 percent off All right, Brandon, we're back. We have a two-question lightning round this time around. I finally discovered that the secret to getting us to do a an actual short lightning round is to not have like eleven questions in it. <laughs> um, smart, so, smart did thinking. you you heard the big news today, right? Uh, there is a new there's a new man at West Ham. Uh, it's uh, the West Ham fans are overjoyed. I think their their parades have been <laughs> scheduled. A uh, lot of excitement about this. Uh, yeah. Welcome, welcome, David Moyes, back to back to West Ham. Oh my God! I mean, has has have West Ham fans had a single good thing to cheer for <laughs> since they moved to London Stadium? I mean, what what an absolute cluster! What the a last mess. time the last time he was there. They just ended it like whatever. It was like they didn't fire him. It was just like the season ended and they were like, we're good. Like, yeah. go do something yeah. else. We're fine. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. David. You're you're kind of gross. You're kind of creeping everyone out. <laughs> but uh, we did stay up. So that's great. See you yeah. later. Um, FPL, so FPL Wannabe says, uh, Fabianski, West Ham and the new manager bounce. Is he an option? Okay, Oof. you always put you yeah. always put the challenge out, right? Mm-hmm. Lightning round yeah. question, thirty yeah. seconds or less. Yeah, I, I got you. Want to be? No, he's not an option. <laughs> I don't I mean, think Fabianski so either. He's doing yeah. Fabianski things. He's he's saving penalties, but nothing. Here, how's this for a transition? Fabianski yeah. saving penalties, but nothing is going to save this West Ham team from just being <laughs> absolute crap. 
It's pretty good, actually, Brandon. That's, that's not bad. Thank you. Um, yeah, Fabianski is a great penalty saver. I mean, the, the second Damari Gray stepped up there, you were like, oh, this is not going to happen. But the fact that Lester played, you know, so they feel they basically, I think Johnny Evans was the only player who actually, you know, like is a starter on that team who played in this match. And so they, you know, they fielded in a team of backups and they still beat West Ham on the road. Um, Obviously, that that did get their manager fired. But is the new manager bump going to make their defense better? The thing about their defense, and I know I don't want, I know this is later on here, but there there are good play, like there are good players in that defense. Like there are players that I rate pretty highly, and so yeah. I, you know, I sure. mean, Abana Diop, these are these are good defenders, and um, Aaron Cresswell, uh-huh. uh, you know, had some injury issues, and obviously Fabianski too. So I, I'm not completely closing the door on on some kind of bump taking place, but uh, it doesn't look good. I'll say, yeah, <laughs> no, it does. I, I, I think that's very, yeah. Yeah. That's very reasonably and diplomatically put. So I, I applaud that. All right. Our last lightning round question comes from, I want Adama's body. Okay. Jesus. Has there ever been a truer screen name than that? <laughs> uh, the question is, what are your new year's resolutions, both fantasy and in real life is one of your resolutions, Josh, to, to get Adama Traore's body? <laughs> no, although one of them is to, uh, I've decided I, uh, I, I'm not going to listen to podcasts anymore at the gym because I find that they do. <laughs> this is like a really late, this is a, I'm giving you a real answer here, uh, which is I'm, I'm cutting back <laughs> on the salty snacks and I'm going to be doing more at the gym itself. I'm going to listen to running music because I find that when I listen to podcasts, I go at like half speed. Um, and yeah. like most people, I think you just sort of just listen, you know, and you're sort of like, ah, I'm just, you might as well be like on a walk, you know, <laughs> it's, you're, it's you're so cool. Like it's so slow when you're listening to podcasts. Uh, as far as, yeah. yeah, as far as fantasy goes, um, I think for me, I have to not get, um, too cocky. I, I think that, um, I can sometimes get a little, a little too like um, confident in myself, and um, and sort of it makes me a little too aggressive as a fantasy manager. I think sometimes that can that can hurt me. And so I, I feel like I'm in a position now where I've sort of I'm doing quite well now, and um, I don't want to suddenly feel like I can do no wrong um, and start to um, do those kind of shield and forget to do those kind of shield maneuvers that we've talked about, you know, where you sort of, you you just block yourself away from, you you sort of, you block other managers from jumping over you because you've got the players who could really hurt you, you know? And so I want to make sure I keep doing that going in the second half of the season. I love that. Your, your resolution is to not be, you can get cocky. So you're going to not get cocky. Um, not to have better relationships with your friends and family, but just to still I continue to be one. an even better FPL. I said the gym one. The gym one is the real manager. life one. I said, I, said, I said real life and fantasy. So those are the two. One is gym, one is fantasy. <laughs> I, I think it's a good point. I, too, am a podcast addict and uh, just listening to whenever I have my headphones and I'm listening to podcasts. So whenever you get to a point either where you've listened to all of your podcasts or you've just got like five minutes to kill and you put on some music. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a shot of straight adrenaline. And like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, being yeah. being a fellow podcast addict, it, it's it's funny when you realize, oh, we're, right, music is awesome. Right, <laughs> it can actually help. Yeah, yeah. I I I I can't really play the resolution. Um, it's not. I, I can't. Resolutions are hard for me because I don't keep them. But yeah, I have many resolutions that we don't need to go into that are just like. Brandon, just be better 
be be a healthier, better person. So okay, that, right. that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Okay, what about fantasy wise? Uh, yeah. Um, fantasy wise, in the new year, I mean, we kind of talked about my my ideas at the top of the podcast to try True. and move yeah. a little more swiftly. Yeah, I, I think my hope is that I can continue to just uh, block out the frustration and try to continue to make clear, um, good decisions. It's like the, we go again mentality. I've got to wake yeah. up every game week and just try and, uh, get the shit moving in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, all right. That's the lightning round, Brad. And we actually did that one pretty fast this time. Game week 21 kicks off on new year's day. Speaking of new year's resolutions, new year, new second game week of the second half of the season uh didn't really work there uh-huh. um kicks off with uh with brighton chelsea i know you know obviously we saw a ton of rotation in game week 20 I, I think that will that that should mean that uh things are a little more straightforward at game week 21 um there were some teams that didn't rotate too much and maybe those teams are a little more at risk i mean liverpool haven't really rotated at all yet uh chelsea haven't with Tammy, at least, um, with Pulisic out, I guess the midfield is probably a little more locked in. Um, I don't know. Is anyone else like anyone you're, you're like maybe Man City? Um, Katie, I think Sterling in particular would be a player who um, wouldn't be shocking if he didn't start um, at midweek. Yeah, I think that's right. Kevin De Bruyne, though, I, it's just so integral to that City team. It's <clears throat> and it's just not a player that we're going to go without. So whether KDB gets rotated or not is kind of moot, I guess. It's a question of captaincy with him and just doesn't feel like a good fixture for a KDB captaincy, even though it's home. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, I'm with you. I, and I think given the the break that these teams are going to have after this uh, this run of fixtures, that they can kind of just go full strength and then the players will have a bit of a break afterward. Um, as far as uh, captains go, um, for me, it's it's really straightforward. Uh, Newcastle look awful right now. Um, they uh, have a real defensive issue right now. Um, a, lot, a lot of injuries, a lot of players come back from injury. Um, Jamie Vardy just had a baby, uh, didn't play a minute um, over the weekend. And you know he wants to do the ball under the belly baby celebration. So... I mean, it's the second I found out he had a baby or his wife had a baby, uh, Rebecca Vardy had a baby. Um, I moved my bus team captain to Jamie Vardy and uh, that's where it's going to stay. Yeah, I'm with you. I saw you tweet about the ball under the shirt baby celebration for Jamie Vardy. And I think that like if there's a rule, if there's one rule that we need to follow, it's if it's a player's birthday, then you have to captain them because players just score. Yeah, we did the reason we, 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 we. We crunched the numbers on that a couple of years ago. <laughs> so then then you've got, has a player had a baby? And it's it's less a gamble of, is Jamie Vardy going to score? It's more a gamble of, is he going to suck the thumb as the goal celebration? Is he going to put the ball under right. his shirt? Or is That's he going to do the Brazilian uh, rock rock the cradle? Um, oh, yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm taking bets. Maybe he, maybe he scores three and does all three. What about that? Uh, a trachea that, of incredible. goal celebrations, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel so locked into that that it's like I, I, I just think everyone. I mean, okay, there are other options for sure. Uh, I, you know, KDB at home to Everton, I think, is an option. Um, I mean, despite you know, you you did just mention that he was maybe a little bit of a 
uh, risk there, but um, I think I think there's a decent chance he, he starts. Just his form is so good right now. He did get subbed off a little early in that Wolves match too. Um, I think uh, Mane or Salah on the Sheffield United match that would also have the benefit of being. Um, the last match of the game week. And it's always kind of fun to captain someone in the last match. It allows you to sort of watch right. all the other matches thinking, well, as long as my captain comes through, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be okay. Um, so I think that um, there's a psychological, I mean, that's not a great reason to captain somebody, of course, but it's, it's kind of, it's kind of fun to do that. Um, and what about uh, Rashford or Martial away to Arsenal? I think that's an interesting pick too. <laughs> yeah. Arsenal's defense is shocking. I mean, Callum Chambers made way for Mustafi. Mustafi can't go 90 minutes or, or less than without being responsible for one of the goals. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the the standard practice with Manchester United right now is that you favor them uh, in m- more open games against more attacking teams. So right. them being away at Arsenal, Arsenal will want to be attacking in front of their home crowd. They are yeah. generally an attacking team. Right. And that plays uh, to the strengths of Manchester United. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a little bit of risk there, but I, I don't hate it as a differential captain. Yeah, I mean, just if you were trying to be a little different, I think that would be an option. Uh, yeah, uh, any, anything else stand out to you from these fixtures? Anything like that just sort of, um, like, is there a match you're particularly interested in? I guess the... Um, I'm sort of weirdly interested in this West Ham match because, as I mentioned before, not, not just their defense, but their, their midfield and their forward. I mean, like, there's a lot of interesting players in that team. And, you know, it, wasn't, it just wasn't clicking under Pellegrini. And, I, you know, I'm not sure that he's to blame for that. But, um, but I think that there are some really interesting cheap fantasy assets on that team. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I don't plan to, like, sit down and watch that match for two hours on New Year's Day. But uh, but I am interested to see how, uh, you know, how things turn out in that one. Yeah, I mean, the the first kickoff, Brighton-Chelsea, I'm actually kind of excited mm. for. Brighton yeah. looked, uh, they looked awesome against Bournemouth. I mean, granted, it was against Bournemouth. But Aaron yeah. Moy just put in one of the performances of the season. I think he'll have a harder time against the Chelsea midfield, but this is an opportunity like they did against Spurs earlier in the season for Brighton to really present who, who they really are. I mean, how that impacts fantasy. I, I think it's making me even more hesitant to keeping somebody like Tammy. I'm sure some managers are looking at the, the next three upcoming fixtures for Chelsea, which are, uh, let's see, Brighton, Burnley, Newcastle. They're not bad, but I do expect that to be a pretty tough match for Chelsea, uh, particularly at the Amex. And then um, Spurs-Southampton, uh, this is just a huge question mark for me. And like no result would – well, I guess I'll be surprised and not surprised by any result there. Yeah. Um, but both you and I have like kind of divested of – Spurs assets. I assume yeah. you're going to start Aurier against uh, Southampton. Yeah, he's. He, I I have him right now. Um, it's it's kind of interesting actually because I do have uh, Ryan Fredericks who, uh, who I am I and as you know I still I still have him, um, which I shouldn't, but I do. And now I guess I'll keep him because of the double game week. But um, although I, whether I even start him that game week is is you know to be determined. Um, but I mean, they play. They're they're home to Bournemouth with a new manager. It wouldn't be a terrible time to start him, uh, considering where Bournemouth are with their with their attack and their form and things like that. But I, I still I still am starting Aurier over just because I I think that he can, um, 
he's, he's really attacking a uh, fullback. You know, I mean, he's in the box constantly. And, uh, you know, his crosses didn't quite connect in the, in the Norwich actually defended pretty well. I'll give them credit um, in their, in the Metro Spurs. But, um, you know, so, yeah, I, I, again, it's like the whole reason I brought in Aria really was that I, I wasn't expecting a lot of clean sheets, but I was hoping to get some assists. And um, I, I could yeah. do with fewer own goals. I will, I'll be totally honest with you, Brandon. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But uh, I think think the one thing thing to look for here is I do think Southampton are going to be a little ragged after all these fixtures. I mean, they they've been playing better. And I'm sure a a a real secret to playing better is working harder. And I suspect that Southampton have been working pretty hard uh, over the last three weeks or so. So, yeah, it could be an opportunity for Spurs that are they're a notably fit team in the league. So mm-hmm. there is an opportunity for Spurs to run over them. So a Harry Kane captaincy shout is is an interesting one. The one I, I guess we need to talk about and, and finish off with would be the Thursday kickoff on January 2nd. Yeah. Liverpool hosting Sheffield United. So uh, Mr. Wilder, just incredibly bitter um, uh, post-Manchester City match today. He felt like he was really done dirty by VAR and um, and also the the refereeing decision on the Aguero goal, the ball coming yeah. off the referee. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I don't really know what to make about Sheffield United against the top, top, top teams, you know, away at Anfield. This just seems yeah. so mighty. They, how, how much would it take to convince yeah. you to captain a Liverpool player in this match? I mean, it wouldn't take that much. I mean, because Jamie, if Jamie Vardy were um, yeah, confirmed out or ill or something like that, then I would I would captain Sadio Mane. So it, so it wouldn't take that much. Um, I, I just love Vardy as a captain throughout this game week, and uh, it's hard for me to see past that. Um, I also just recall the Sheffield United match, um, you know, when they played at Bramall Lane. Um, when Liverpool played there, it was a really, really tough match. They won 1-0. I think it was a, with a late James Milner goal. Uh, it was a howler that it kind of went through Henderson's legs, if I remember. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Winaldum, yeah. I think, scored it. Was was it? Yeah. And then and then actually, yeah, Solid actually had a breakaway that he missed. Uh, I'm still bitter about that. Uh, yeah. Ten weeks later. Um, so, mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think that Klopp will take that match seriously. It is a little tricky. It depends on how seriously they take. Uh, they play Everton in the FA Cup on Sunday. Um, on January 5th and whether that matters to Klopp or not I mean they are whatever they are now whether they're like 15 points ahead or something like that on the table um, so I think it's 13 with a game in hand 13 with a game in hand it's a lot so I don't know I still think that they're lucky because their matches have been so spaced out um, and I actually think and the commentators were talking about this a little bit today but that you know, the Club World Cup thing it probably really helped them because they Got to be in warm weather for a few days. They they won a cup. Um, Klopp actually was able to rotate his a lot of his players there too. Trent got a rest and uh, Sadio Mane got a rest. So, um, you know, so I, I do think that there's a good chance that they um, that they just play a full strength squad um, on Thursday. But even still, I, I I think that I think I prefer Vardy. But I mean, I I would expect Trent and Mane and Salah to all playing that match um andrew robertson as a player is probably due for a rest at some point um wouldn't be surprised if he got a rest at some point yeah or arrested what did you, uh, that was what did the, you i feel like i just talked for five minutes uninterrupted so do you have any <laughs> do, you, do you have anything you want to add or any any thoughts 
Yeah, that's all. That's all fair. Actually, like the the last word I think on the Liverpool Sheffield United match is like, cool. Looking forward to watching it. <laughs> yeah, Mo- same. Mo- that's me. My, my, on. <laughs> yeah, that'll be my first day back from back to work. Uh, and uh, just as a reminder, these you know these after, these midweek ones are are like happened at work. And my first day back, there's just no way I'm to be. Actually, it's it's interesting because Liverpool played. Um, last year, they had the Liverpool Man City game was the first day back at work as well. It was, it was January second yeah. match last year too, um, and so my plan is to go on a full social media blackout starting at three p.m. on Thursday, uh, and go uh-huh. home and try to watch the match fresh. And the question is always whether I can go completely unspoiled um, for the next four or five hours before I can do that. And last year I did it. I genuinely didn't know who won. The Liverpool Man City match. And so this year it'll be like a great like I'm always curious about these people in the UK who do the match of the day challenge where they wait until you know 8 p.m. at night or whatever. Um yeah. is someone match of the day on something like that. Um to to you know to find out what all the results are because how do you I mean you must not like be able to log on to Twitter all day. You must not be able to walk by any bars. Yeah. Like it's gotta be so so tough. Yeah, it, it does take a lot of discipline. Like you know, uh, uh, the last season of Game of Thrones, if you miss the original airing, like you can't even like look at a headline of of the of a national news because it will probably yeah. reference some plot twist that happened in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Rise so of I don't even know. I don't even know yeah. what will happen if Sheffield United is involved. Yeah, that's right. It reminds me of the Slack where you, you set up a a spoiler thread for Rise of Skywalker, and then it just spilled over <laughs> into the regular TV thread. It was just yeah, like, exactly. yeah, we're just doing this. We're just going to talk about this movie. <laughs> oh, perfect segue bringing up the Slack, Josh. Um, the Slack is a chat forum that you can you can chat with me and with Josh and bounce ideas around, or also talk with like hundreds of other FPL managers from around the world. Uh, it's a cool feature of our Patreon membership. If you want to support the Always Cheating podcast, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating where you can access that Slack. You get an exclusive podcast each week just for Patreon supporters. We've got t-shirts and uh, extra special leagues, all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, visit patreon.com slash alwayscheating for more information on how you can support the pod. Excellent. And uh Brandon, I'm going to do our producer thank yous. Uh, Once again, thank you to all of our producers. And if you'd like to become a Patreon supporter at any level, as Brandon just said, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Producer thank yous. Here we go. Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Brian T, DeBig Gaffer, Babas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Benning, Dave Wagner Lodal, Nick Wright, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Brian Jacobson, Frederick Keen Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forbrook, Skogang, Paul Herzig, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, Kaya, Kirstine Lelang, Steen Niehaus, Barry McGuire, Peter Bodictel, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Andy Martin, Lindsay Rostel. And thank you, Lindsay. Actually, thank you to, to Lindsay's girlfriend, uh, who actually gave her that uh, as, a, as a Christmas present, which I thought was so cool that was awesome so uh thank you to Give the um, gift both. of being a producer yeah that's a great idea <laughs> yeah exactly it was very cool um and uh thank you to our newest patron uh patreon producer anton markoff uh thank you to all of you and if you'd like to rate review and subscribe to the podcast you can go to apple Podcasts, spotify google play stitcher acas um and you know again if you're if you're not able to become a patreon supporter or just don't want to uh but you want to do something to support the podcast uh a review on any of those places helps people to find the podcast and helps us 
uh, tremendously. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. We're at Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters. Uh, on Instagram, we're at Hail Cheaters as well. Facebook is facebook.com slash always cheating. You can email us hailcheaters at gmail.com. And to find this and more, Brandon, where do they go? Go to our website, alwayscheating.com. We love it. That's where we update you with screenshots of the top 10 of the Always Cheating Super League. And there's also a store where you can get mugs and T-shirts and sweatshirts for um, for those late holiday gifts. Josh, the, right. the, next time, the next time we talk, it's going to be the year 2020. Wow. That's yeah. Brandon, you're gonna have to get those resolutions buttoned down. You got just a couple days. <laughs> no, I'm to go, a little so. all over, I'm all over the shop. <laughs> I'm at sixes and sevens with those resolutions. It's true. All right. Well, good luck to everybody on January 1st. And we'll be back next week with one of our favorite podcasts of the season. I'm already looking forward to it. Brandon, I will talk to you soon. All right, Poku forever. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.